we like to spend some time in God's word and, and learn about what he has for us, uh, who he wants us to be. And uh, right now, specifically, we're going through a study that we're calling relationship status. And uh, because we know that, you know, we've not been put here alone as individuals to stay individuals, we, we need friendships, right? We have relationships with our family, parents, brothers, sisters, all of those things. And, and man, one of the most beautiful things about life is relationships. One of the most frustrating things about life is relationships. People drive you nuts, right? Relationships, you, you can't live with them, and you certainly can't live without them. You need, you need people in your life, right? And so we've been going, uh, I think, for four weeks now. This is week number five. Um, just talking about what the Bible has to say to us about all different kinds of relationships. And so sometimes I'll be talking about friendships and accountability. And, and most of the time, what we're covering is general enough that you can apply it to any relationship that you have. So if I bounce around and you hear me talking about a dating relationship, you know, try not to turn your ears off because there's, there's got to be something in there that, that applies to you if you don't have right now a dating relationship. Maybe you will someday. Uh, maybe you're already married, handsome couple in the back there, right? And so, you know, there's things that they can apply to their relationship, even though, you know, I, I talk about some dating things and that. And so just try to make sure that, that you're listening for your situation, where you're at, where you might be someday, because look, God wants you to have people in your life. He wants you to have special people in your life that you care about, that care about you, that can hold you accountable to his word that can make you better people for being around them, right? And, and you can make them better by being around them. And so that's what all of this study is about, is, is about building into one another, all right? And so that's what we've been talking about recently. That's what we're going to keep doing tonight. Uh, last week, the, the title was God's Blueprint for Lasting Relationships. This is part two, right? We're still in Matthew chapter 7, so if you have your Bible with you and you want to turn to Matthew chapter 7, go ahead and do that now. Um, if you're not familiar with how we do this, we always have these two little tables here, and there's some notes and some pens on those. If you want to grab those and follow along, that's awesome. If not, you can just watch the screen and listen up, and, and that'll be fine too. Um, so by way of intro, we're just going to review a couple of things that we saw last week. They're at the top of your sheet, and we'll, we'll look at a couple of verses we kind of ended with. The verse that we started with was Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. And let's go ahead and read that. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Okay, and so this is at the end of Jesus sitting, this is the, the, the famous Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is up on the mountainside, there's all these people around him, and he's teaching them for like three or four chapters in the book of Matthew, all different things that have to do with life. All right, so these are general life principles that we can apply to all different areas of life. We're specifically looking at relationships. All right, and he says, look, if you follow my advice, the relationships you build, they're going to be strong because they're going to be built on a firm foundation. And when the storms of life come, relationship problems, when financial problems come, when when a death in the family comes, when all of these things come that add stress to your relationships and difficulty, when those things come and beat on your house, it's going to stand firm because you followed my instructions and you built it the way I said to build it. All right, and, and verse 26 says, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man 
which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. The, the most painful things that we can experience in this life have to do with broken, messed up relationships, aren't they? Right? Anybody ever go through parents' divorce? Man, that, that changes you, that devastates you inside in ways that you can't even recognize as a kid. You don't even realize the filters you're looking at life through after you go through something like that. You look at life differently. You don't see it the way God designed it. You see it the way you see it. You see it in a skewed or distorted view. All right? And so we, we want to look at how to do these things right so that we can avoid passing those things on in the relationships that we have. Proverbs 16.25 was another verse that we looked at. It says, there is a way, or we, we didn't look at this one, we looked at the next one. 16.25 says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. All right, and so the saying we had last week is if you want a relationship like all of the rest of the world has, then build your relationships the same way the rest of the world does. Right? If you want to risk it, just do it the way the rest of the world says to do it. Make it all about you. Make sure that you're happy first. Right? Make sure that you're pleased. Make sure that you get what you're after and see how that all works out for you later. But if, if we want the relationships, the end result of what God is promising, we've got to build our relationships the way that God instructs us to build them. Right? So we've got to start where he says to start. We've got to add to it what he says to add to it. We've got to do it in the right order because we understand that God is a God of order. Proverbs 16, 9, this one we did see last week. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Okay? And what we saw at the end of the message last week was, look, there's all different ways for you to choose. There's only one way to follow the Lord. And we'll see that again next week. There's, there's one narrow path that he has for us. And then there's all kinds of other ways. And he says, look, if you choose my way, I'll direct your steps. But I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do next. That's okay. Choose my way, and I'll show you the next step. I'll light your path enough for you to know where to put your next foot. Right? You put one foot in front of the other. Don't worry about what's down there. Worry about the next step. Because God's got that under control. He's, he's got that handled. He'll give you that instruction. All right, so we saw that. And then the review from last week, we, we saw that we need to evaluate ourselves and we need to elevate ourselves. And, and that's not an elevation in pride. But we saw that judgment was necessary and that we needed to look into the mirror before we judge anybody else. We need to look at ourselves and judge our own situation, right? We saw that from James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Is that up here? Yeah. Being, we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Right? If, if we look into God's word, we can see who we really are. And if we walk away forgetting what we just saw, he says, man, that's, that's just foolishness. You need to go to God's word, and there's going to be two things you're going to see. You're going to see the truth about yourself. You're going to see the truth about Christ. You can be kind of depressed when you see the truth about yourself. But be encouraged. He wants you to look like Christ. He's promised he's going to do the things in your life. He's going to put the steps in front of you to get you to look like the other guy. Step by step. It's an incredible promise. There is hope. All right, and, and then once you evaluate yourself and you, you see, well, I've got some work to do. The Lord has some work to do on me. We need to elevate ourselves, and, and this was all about growing up. This was not about making yourself look bigger than you actually are. This is about maturing, right? This is about following the Lord in such a way that, 
that it helps you to grow. And the first thing that we said was, you know, don't give it away. The verse was Matthew 7, 6, and he says, give not that which is holy unto dogs. Right? It's God's way of repeating what he says elsewhere. Don't be unequally yoked. Don't join yourself with somebody who has a completely different view of God, who's going to draw you away from God. Right? They don't share your love for him, and they're, they're going to pull you in a different direction. He says, give not that, that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine. You know, Jesus is saying we need friendships, we need relationships in our lives that are, that are going to encourage us, that are going to challenge us, that are going to hold us accountable. And man, there's some things in your life that you're not really interested in everybody knowing. And God says that's okay. But you need somebody, you need several somebodies that you can trust with the pearls of your life, the precious things, the hurts, the joys that really only belong to a true friend because they can handle it because they're not going to do what the rest of the verse says trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. How many of you have ever had yourself torn apart by something true about yourself that you shared trusting somebody and they used it against you? Right? That's happened to most of us, right? We are people. We let each other down. <laughs> That's part of the relationship struggle as well. All right, and then the next point we saw was don't ask for a 10 when you're only a 2. And, and this wasn't because, you know, we weren't talking about looks, you know, and, and the obvious truth is, fellas, we're all twos compared to the ladies. <laughs> it's just the way it works, right? And we ought to treat them like tens. But if you're trusting the Lord to give you somebody great, to give you great relationships in your life, but you're only hardly even walking with him, you know, why would they cast their pearls to you as a swine? Right? We need to do what it takes to grow up. We need to do what it takes to trust the Lord to start maturing us and putting steps in front of us to grow us. All right? And so that's, that's where we ended with that. Um, one more verse, Proverbs 18, 24 says that a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Look, you, you want good friends, you've got to be a good friend. You want to have people that'll trust, or, or, that are trustworthy with your pearls, with the precious things of your life, then... And you've got to be the same for them. You've got to step up. You've got to improve yourself. All right, and the only way we, we know to do that is, is to follow the steps that God gives us. All right, so, quick review. Sorry, we had to do that. Now, we're in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to pick up in verse 7. We're going to go through verse 12, and that's all the more we'll be able to cover tonight. So let's go ahead and turn to verse 7. We'll read it together. Uh, we'll pray, and then we'll get into the filling out the blanks and stuff on your notes. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what man, of, man is there of you, whom if asked, or his son asked bread, will he give him a stone? Look, who, who out there, if your son is asking for bread, is going to give him a stone instead? doesn't even make any sense. Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to, unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do, do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Let's go ahead and pray. And uh, we'll finish, we'll get into the details here. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that 
Uh, you do give us step-by-step instructions. You help us uh, to know what's next. And what we saw before was we need to, to look at ourselves and evaluate ourselves. And Lord, I pray that you continue to help us to do that because that's never going to change. And, and we need to continue to elevate ourselves. And, and we do that by allowing you to change us from the inside out with your word and with your spirit. And Lord, if there's anybody here tonight that does not know you as Lord and Savior yet, Lord, I pray that you would help them to understand what that means. Uh, understand how to choose you as Savior and, and that that would be the best decision they ever make. That would change their eternity because we know that's exactly what it does, Lord. So Lord, we pray that you teach us from Matthew 7. We pray that you would work on our hearts and help us to be the men and women that we need to be so that we can build valuable relationships for the rest of our lives. We love you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so the first thing we're going to see and, and we're going to jump around in these verses. We're going to start in verse 9. But the first thing we're going to see is our Heavenly Father desires good things for us. Right? God desires to give us good things. Right? How many of you grew up in a messed up home? I, I grew up in a messed up home. It was, it was me and one of my brothers or three of my brothers. And they were kind of back and forth. And it was all of us living with our mom. And mom just worked all the time. And, and she took care of us, she provided, but there weren't a whole lot of good things. <laughs> there were a whole lot of babysitters and a whole lot of bouncing around, and, and mom did the best that she could. We had no idea how bad it was for mom, but we didn't understand that there was a God out there that wanted to give us good things. We just didn't know about that. And so sometimes when growing up, you know, you see things through those filters of what you know, and we got to know that God desires to bless us not just give you financial gain and easy life, true blessings, and hopefully we'll see what that is tonight. First of all, letter A, he, he promises to fulfill our needs. We see that in Matthew 7, verse 9. He says, Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? If your son needs bread and he's hungry, when you feed him, Right? God says, look, I understand how this works. Whatever you need, I'm going to take care of it. We need food to survive. If you ask God for something that is a need, he's going to take care of that. My wife and I just sat down. We got our income tax money back, and, and so we made a list of, of needs and wants, and, and we moved some of them because, you know, sometimes you feel like something's really a need, and it's, it's not. <laughs> you know, more and more... You know, what, what would we do without a cell phone? Is that a need? Ten years ago, well, I guess ten years ago it still was, but 15 years ago it wasn't because I didn't have one, and I, like, I, I woke up every morning still somehow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how that would happen now, but somehow 15 years ago I woke up each day without a cell phone, but I don't think it's possible anymore. So we, we evaluated needs and wants, and, and God knows specifically, actually, truly, what you need, and, and he's going to take care of those things. If you look in Matthew, or Job 23, it should be on the screen, verse 12 says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. All right, so Job says, I love the word of God more than my necessary food. The point we're looking at tonight is that, look, God understands there is necessary food. There are needs in your life. He's going to take care of those. Matthew chapter 6, a chapter before where we're at tonight, in verse 24, he says, 
No man can serve two masters, for he, either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's money. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment or clothing? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, they don't put any seeds in the ground, they don't reap any out of the ground, nor, nor gather they into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? But God takes care of the birds, they don't worry. He says so, I, I believe him. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? How many of you got taller as you grew up because you thought about it? Not Vin. <laughs> Sorry, Vin. All right. Why take ye thought for raiment? God's going to provide that too. God provided your height, or lack thereof. Which of you, by taking thought, can you know, add to that? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. They're not spinning clothing for themselves. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? He's got your needs covered. Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Like, we're all God's, we're God's children. He loves us. He loves us more than birds. He loves us more than flowers. And those are all taken care of. They don't have anything to worry about. The needs are provided for. There's some more verses on your sheet, but we're not going to hit all of them tonight. Let's jump down to Psalm 81.10. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Man. If you remember the story, Israel comes out of Egypt and they're, they're complaining because you know, there's no water and, and, he, and he hits a rock and water comes out. There's a cool picture there. And, and then they're hungry and, and he gives them bread that's new every morning. Right? He provides their needs over and over and over. And he says, I don't want to just provide for your needs. I, I want you to open up your mouth wide so I can fill you up. Because he didn't bring Israel out of Egypt just to get them out of slavery. He brought them out of Egypt to put them into a place of blessing. He wanted to fill them up. And, and he doesn't want to just bring you out of the slavery of your own sin. He wants to take you away from your sin so that he can bless you. So that you can walk with him and understand a good God who wants to give you good things. And take care of you and love you and provide for you. And put good people in your life. That's what he wants for you, because he knows you need that. But he doesn't want to just give you what, he, what you need. He wants to fill you up to overflowing. That's the good God we serve. And so not only does he want to, not, not only does he promise to fill our needs, he, he wants to fill some of our wants, all right? And this is a bit different from what we need, obviously. God wants us to have good things in our lives, and just like any good parent, though, he doesn't give you everything you ask for, right? Lila is our little sweet tooth girl, and before most meals, she says, Dad, can I have a candy? I'm really hungry. I go, well, candy's not going to fill you up. Yeah, but, but can I have a candy anyway? No. 
you know, when, when they do that or they do the stomping thing, I, I just want to say, oh, since you put it that way, have four. Right? I mean, if you're going to throw a fit, I'll just, I'll, yeah, that got my attention. Go ahead and indulge. No. A, a good parent knows when to say no to things that you think are wonderful for you, but they know better. Right? If We'd have a much worse dental bill if we just said yes all the time. And the poor girl wouldn't have near as pretty a smile. Matthew 7, verse 10. Or if he asks a fish, we saw, if he asks for bread, if he asks for what he needs, you're not going to give him a rock. He can't eat a rock. Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? All right, and so this one's just a little bit different. There's, there's a difference between God saying or giving you something and you taking something. Right, because we're Christians, we believe like anything that goes easily, man, that must be of the Lord. I'm just, God's just providing all this stuff. It must be from God. Maybe, maybe not. You know the saying, you know, there's many fish in the sea. When, when you have a bad breakup and, and, you know, your feelings are hurt and, and you can't even eat the bread or a rock and you just, ugh. This life is just terrible. Oh, there's many fish in the sea. You know, there, there's whole, all kinds of fish out there. You'll find another one, right? That's, that's what we try to tell people to console them. So I, I was reading this and I was just picturing this conversation you guys are going to think I'm nuts, but this is just where my mind goes. Like, I was picturing maybe a 20-year-old me talking to God and saying, you know, Lord, so there's all kinds of fish in the sea. I'm, I'm on the prowl. Remember I said that oddly last week? That was so awkward. I, I kind of would like a good fish for myself, right? I, I like to have a girlfriend. And... Uh, and I think that one, and I'm at a point where nobody is, so I don't make anybody feel weird. <laughs> I'll point just past you, Nick. <laughs> There's nobody back there. I want that one right there, God. Oh, oh, son, you don't, you don't want that one. No, Lord, that, that one's beautiful. I mean, look at her, right? No, I'm, I'm telling you, you, you don't want that. that that's, that's not a fish. Oh, well. <laughs> Lord, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be a jerk or anything, God, but it, it's in the water. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see where you're confused. Um, I made snakes so that they could swim, too. You don't want that one. You, you don't want a snake. No, no, I mean, she's beautiful, dude. Lord, seriously, that, that's the one I want. No, no, son, you, you don't get it, son. That one's full of poison. But, but she's pretty. No, you, I'm not going to give you that one. That one will take you away from me. But God, that's what I want. How many of us want a relationship so bad we'll let it... Look, look I'll make a deal with you, God. How about you give me that one and I'll bring her to you instead of her taking me away from That's just not how it works, son. I've seen it before. Right? That's the crazy thoughts that go on in my head when I read a verse like that. Be careful who you pursue. You may end up getting somebody with a, a dreamboat body and a shipwrecked faith. Right? They may be everything you wanted to have in that person, 
but they're going to take you away from God. They're going to drag you away from the Lord who wants nothing but the best for you. And you're going to choose good looking over all of it. Or you're going to choose how they make you feel physically over all of it. And you're going to miss out on the incredible promises that God has for you. Ephesians 3.20, check this verse out. We like to take this verse and just feel good about ourselves, and, and we should. Now unto him that is able, that's the Lord, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. We like to say, look, I, I'm going to ask for a little bit so that God will just blow me away and give me a bunch. But have you looked at this verse a different way? You're asking for something and God's giving you something else. Are you going to be okay with that sometimes? Not, not in the moment when he says, no, I've got something better for you. I've got something exceeding abundantly better than what you're asking or thinking. I've got something different. No, God, I want this. Are you going to be okay with that in that moment? Can you believe that he's got something better? Can you wait? Romans 10.1, brethren, this is Paul, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Did Paul ever see that? Now we know, and Paul knew at that time, that eventually, eventually the Jews will turn back. They have not yet, 2,000 years after Paul, they have not yet, they will, as per promise of the Lord in his word, right? They will turn eventually. But Paul's desire was that they would turn while he was there, while, so he could see it. How many millions have passed and missed out? What if what you're asking is out of your hands and out of God's hands? Because you see, we do have free will. But I want that girl, but her free will says, I don't want God. I want that guy. That's the guy I need in my life. I'll follow him anywhere, but he doesn't love me. God's saying, I can't make him love me. Well, well, just give me opportunities. I'll win him to you. It's not your choice. You can't will somebody else's decisions. Now, God will give you opportunities if you ask for them. He will allow you to share the gospel. He will allow you to love people when they're unlovable. He will absolutely allow those things. But their decision is still their decision, right? It's still up to them. It's not up to God. He's not going to force them to love him. He hasn't done that with anybody. It's not how it works. Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. So here's a question. How long are you willing to wait for what God has for you? There's, there's two possibilities, right? Maybe three, but not wait at all. Or you can wait as long as it takes, Lord. I'm committed to wait as long as it takes, Lord. Even if I don't know how long it takes. Or I can wait until I can't take it anymore. Those are two drastically, drastically different results, aren't, aren't they? I'll wait for the relationship that God has for me because that person loves the Lord the way I do, maybe even more. They might make me want to love God more. Or, or I can't wait any longer. I've, I've got to do this now. 
or they're going to get away. Let them go. They need to get away. All right, so how do we get... How do we get the good things? God wants to provide your needs. He wants to fill your wants. He knows what's best. He knows what he wants for you. Number two is God's how-to for getting good things. And God made his own little acronym here, so I have to give credit. This is pretty awesome. The acronym is ASK, and in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, we are to ask... We are to seek, and we are to knock. That's how you ask God for good things. And we're going to look at that here in a minute. So your blanks are ask, seek, and knock. Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8. This is where we started. He says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So letter A is ask. And asking for God's provision and blessing is accomplished by prayer. How do you ask? Well, the first thing you do is you pray. You are allowed, as a child of God, to just talk to him anytime, anywhere, any way you feel. Right? He can handle all your mood swings. He can handle all your circumstances. He wants to hear from you. John 14, verse 13 and 14 says, Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 16, 23 and 24, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. James 1 5 and 6, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, like Solomon, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Right? He wants to hand out the wisdom. He's got all kinds of it if you just ask. You need wisdom for decisions, just ask. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. James 4 gives us a little bit different view of this. From whence come wars, and fightings among you? Why are you fighting all the time? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and ye receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Look, this looks like a contradiction from the verses I just read. You know, you, you probably had somebody tell you there's all kinds of contradictions in the Bible. This is not a contradiction. This is what we call balance, right? God wants to give you good things. He's not, as the perfect father, going to give you things that are going to fulfill your lust. He's not going to allow you to destroy yourself with candy, with selfishness, with fulfilling your selfish desires. That is not from God, and it never will be. He's not going to give you those things. He's going to give you those things that build you up. He's going to give you those things that make you more like him. He's going to give you things that glorify his son's name. And some of those things are going to take time. John, 1 John 3.22, Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. 1 John 5.14-15, 
This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So the question is, are you talking to God about your relationships in your life? Are you asking him for quality people in your life? Are you asking him to make you somebody quality for somebody else's life? Or are you just asking for the end results? Because it doesn't work that way. Right? My, my friend Kenny says, you don't get the product without the process. It doesn't just appear. There's work to be done. There's a process he needs to do inside of you. Are you talking to the Lord about making you that person? Are you talking about that next step? Are you just talking about, Lord, I just can't wait for all this to be over. I just want that special someone. Well, you're not going to be very special for that special someone if you don't go through the process. The second thing is seek. Seeking God's provision and blessing is accomplished by studying God's word. You seek provision and blessing by seeking the Lord and his word. Proverbs 8, 17, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. What an awesome promise that is. And that word early sometimes is used as early in the morning. Sometimes it's used as earnestly. Like you're going to put every effort into finding the Lord. You're going to seek him in his word passionately. He says, you'll find me there. I'll be there. Proverbs 7, 15, Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. Proverbs 28, 5, Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. Do you need understanding for relationships, for anything in your life? And seek. Seek the Lord. Seek his instruction. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the, a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 1 Corinthians 10, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. That sounds like, if you hear that wrong, that sounds like, man, I'm, did God just tell me to go after somebody else's money? No. Somebody else's benefit. Not benefits, right? This isn't the, the great all battle across the street. You know, they're after our benefits. No, it's don't seek your own benefit. Seek that somebody else would benefit. Think about somebody else first before you think about yourself. You want good relationships in your life? Seek that. Seek to do something for somebody that can't do anything in return for you. Seek to love somebody that, man, they might do something the opposite of love in return. And that's okay. Because you don't love them dependent upon their reaction. You love them because you love them. Seek another man's wealth, their benefit. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, Even so, ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek ye, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. All right? You want to seek something incredibly important that has everything to do with relationships? Seek to edify the body of Christ. Seek to edify people in the church. Diligently seek to build people up. And you know what happens when you do that? People... People appreciate that you love them, that you care enough to tell them the truth, that you care enough to 
to bring them along and build them up and encourage them when they need it. People actually genuinely appreciate that. Can you believe that? Luke 17, 33, Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Receiving good things in your life from God is not about seeking those things. It's about seeking the Lord and seeking the process to get you there. It takes a process. And that process is, is heavily involved in letter C. We need to knock. Knocking at God's door for provision and blessing is accomplished by working. Remember, we don't get into this relationship with, with God by doing any works. He's not looking for you to come and perform and be somebody that, that God would accept. He accepts nobody, but, but he accepts us all because he accepts his son, Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you believe that he died for your sins, took them to the grave, and rose victorious over them, and he is your Lord, that's what makes you accepted. That's the gospel that we sang about. Knocking at God's door and provision is, and blessing, or for provision and blessing is accomplished by working. He saved us so that we could do the works he calls us to. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. So why do we knock? Well, the door's closed, right? It, it might be unlocked. It might not. But we don't know until we knock, right? Sometimes if, if, if it's a friend, you know they're coming. They knock on the door real quick. What do they say on the other side? It's open. But, but, but it was closed. Well, you didn't know. It's actually open. Just go ahead. Right on in. The opportunity is open, but you didn't know until you knocked. Right? It's the action we need to take to build these relationships. So if asking is speaking to the Lord in prayer, seeking is listening to the Lord through studying his word, then knocking is taking action steps to open up doors for relationships in our lives. All right? And I'm not saying, we're not talking about, look, you like seven girls in here, so don't go knocking on seven different doors until somebody opens. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the process still, right? God needs to make you the man or the woman that you need to be so that you can handle being the man or woman you need to be for other people. So start knocking on those doors. Don't go creeping on people. Yeah, I was on the prowl. Don't go on the prowl. It's weird. Sooner or later, fellas, you've got to ask. I, I get it. Colossians 4.3. With all, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. Paul took steps to open doors, didn't he? And he got shut in prison doors and had even more doors open because of that. Why? Because he was taking steps that God was putting in front of him. And, and refusing steps that God was closing off in front of him. And, and one of those things he did to knock was he, started, he prayed again, and he asked others to pray for him. Pray for me that I'll have open doors, that when I knock, God says, it's open, go ahead. I want you to go there. I want you to do that. I want you to share with that person. 
Revelation 3.8, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. If God is truly the center of your relationship, and the door is open, it's going to be because you kept his word and did not deny his name. If you want good things from God, if you want the promises that God has laid out, you've got to follow the process that God's laid out. Do it your way, you get your own results. Do it God's way, you get God's results. In God's timing. (laughs) That's a hard one, I get it. He says over and over and over, we saw in those other verses in John, look, ask anything in my name, and I'll give it to you. That in my name thing is humongous. Are you asking to consume it upon your own lusts? Or are you asking because you know that's what God wants in your life? There's a big, big difference sometimes. I think that was hug time. Did you hear that? Ding. You guys seen? You guys seen Troll? Sorry. That was, I couldn't help it. Don't hug me. It's not time. Does your relationship, or do your relationships, do your friendships glorify God, or do they fulfill your flesh? Does it keep his word and proclaim his name? What other people see in your relationships, what, what other people are drawing you to or away from, does it proclaim his name, or does it proclaim yours? Brings us back to the the end of the passage for tonight, Matthew 7, verse 12. It says, Therefore all things, whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We saw that last week. You want somebody special, be somebody special. The only way you're going to be somebody special is if you do it God's way. Because special in your own eyes isn't all that special right? I always laugh at the, it's usually wide receivers, NFL athletes who tell you how humble they are. Oh, really? Thanks for letting me know. (laughs) I think more highly of you now. What, why'd you, if you want other people to value you, you've got to be worth something, truly. And if you're worth something, you don't need to tell anybody how much you're worth they'll know by your actions in their life. Relationships are funny things. My two younger kids this morning were, they weren't really fighting, but Lila, poor Lila, I'm picking on her tonight. She came up and sat on the couch and I was like, (sighs) I was like, where's Ginny at? Like, (laughs) I don't want to deal with whatever, whatever drama this is. I said, what's, what's going on, babe? Oh, Weston won't play with me. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did he, did he say he was going to? Well, we were going to, we were going to play farm in the basement, and we went down there, and he found his Hot Wheels cars and got distracted. <laughs> I was like, oh, Well, the funny thing about this story is it sounds like the same story I heard from Elena, your sister, just two days ago. What? 
oh, when you promised to play with her and, and you didn't do it because you found something better to do than what she had asked you to play. <laughs> what? What? I don't remember that. That was like two whole days. I mean, 48 hours? Are you kidding? So if, if I'm a good father to Lila, I go down and say, Weston, you play with your sister right this minute. If I'm a bad father to Weston, I say, you play with your sister right this minute. If I'm a good father, I say, listen, babe, there's, there's different results that you get from these relationships. You want what you want. You want it when you want it. Here's, here's your choice. You can play by yourself what you wanted to play, or you can play with Weston what he wants to play. You can make a sacrifice to be with somebody else, or you can be all alone and have it your way and be mad at everybody. Relationships are messed up, aren't they? And they start out that way when you're little. And, and the nice thing is, I tell the girls this all the time, I have more stories about this, but look, look girls, I'm, little boys are like puppies. All right, his attention span, he's going to get tired of chewing on that thing, and, and he'll come play with you when he realizes you're there. Right? Little boys are like puppies. They, they just, they'll, get, they'll get around to it. You just got to wait. And, you know, a couple minutes later, he's bored because, you know, smashing his cars together got boring. <laughs> he comes and plays with her. They're playing farm. All is good in the world. But she had to wait, right? If, if I was a bad father, I would make everything always go the way Lila expects when Lila expects it to go that way. She's never going to learn, and she's going to be a horrible adult to be around if that's what she expects life to be. If you want others to play with you, you might have to care about what they care about. It might mean either you don't get what you want or you have to wait until it's time. You've got to wait a while. Our friendships and relationships, they're the same thing. Our, our Father is perfect. He desires to bless you, and sometimes He desires to give you exactly what you want, but it's always going to be in His timing, if it's from Him. And He might bless you right off the bat, and you didn't even, didn't even expect it. They might not. He might want you to wait. It's not because God doesn't want good things for you, but it's because God wants the best for you. He wants you to open your mouth wide so he can fill it in his timing. Let's go ahead and do one more song. If you have kids over in childcare, it is 8.15, and we promised them that you would pick them up now, so I'm sorry you won't be able to sing with us. Um, but worship team, do your thing. Let's go ahead and I'll pray while they're coming up. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you lay out exactly how relationships should work. It's, it's easy in theory, but oh my goodness, it's so difficult in practice and, and we need your help. Uh, we're so selfish and distracted and, and life just keeps it that way. And so Lord, we need your help. We need to, to be the people you need us to be, you desire for us to be. We want to be filled with the things you want in our life. And uh, Lord, pray that you help us to wait for those and to, to trust because you designed us that, that you know best and uh, you have the best timing. You are a perfect father and we're so, so grateful. We love you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.